Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Well, let me be perhaps more focused Mm. in the way I want to ask this. Does the Coalition have a problem with Islamophobia? After we recorded our Friday show, Holly had to run, but Rach Corbett then returned from Melbourne. She is on the project as one of the co-hosts on Thursday nights. And we wanted to talk to her about the interview that Waleed Ali did with Scott Morrison. Howdy. Hi, Rach. Hi, Rach. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Rach, first of all, tell us a little bit about what it was like on the set yesterday. How did it all go down? It was pretty manic. It was one of those things where at one point I turned to Pete Hellier and said, it's so interesting when things break like this because everybody walks with purpose. Nobody walks into a room sort of meandering. Everybody's racing here and racing there and there was phone calls and things were changing last minute and we had Scott Morrison and then we weren't sure whether we had him and then we were sure we had him. And Waleed was supposed to actually have the day off. He wasn't supposed to be on the show because he'd just come back from Christchurch interviewing Jacinda Ardern. And so they literally had to call him in and say, you know, can you come and do this interview? Now, for anybody that works in television, media, radio, anything, being told that and then having to turn around the prep and just the mental kind of energy of, okay, I'm going to do this in the same day that I sort of find out about it is hugely stressful. Yeah, you would usually prepare for an interview with the Prime Minister, particularly one that was going to be combative because we should give the background for people who aren't aware of it. So after the Christchurch terrorism attack last Friday, Waleed Ali, who is the host of the project, gave a really impassioned speech that went for two or three minutes last Friday night. It was very emotional and he referenced that Islamophobia was not just confined to this one person and to this one incident and that it is present in Australia. And he referenced that the highest leader in our country, he was of course referring to Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, once said in a cabinet meeting that we should exploit the Islamophobia that is in Australia for political gain. And there have been several people, as as Waleed said in his interview with Scott Morrison, in the Liberal Party, such as Tony Abbott, such as Peter Dutton, such as George Christensen, who have appeared at Reclaim Australia rallies and who've spouted what could be perceived as, and many see, as anti-Muslim, anti-Islamic sentiment. And that monologue that Waleed did went absolutely viral. It was shared all over the world. It resonated with so many people. And then Scott Morrison's people thought that they might sue Waleed for the claims that he made about their government. Because he were, says it wasn't true. He, he says, says he never said that. Yes, but as Waleed pointed out in the interview, there are a number of sources who said that is true and that is what was said. And it's on record that Julie Bishop said in that meeting, hang on, we have a policy of anti-discrimination immigration in this country, which is a weird thing to say if it hadn't veered into the territory of Islamophobia. Scott Morrison's people then threatened to sue Waleed because of the claims that he made in that. And it's important to note that he actually didn't name Scott Morrison. It was more of an 
sort of he inferred it. It's what's known as a subtweet when you reference someone without naming them. But he said the highest leader in our, in our yeah. political system. Yeah. But then it was obviously decided by Scott Morrison's people that it would be more advantageous for him actually to front the country and address the claims. Well, I don't think he had any choice because the project came back after the weekend and basically said um, that that had happened, that, that Scott Morrison had threatened to sue Waleed and that at the same time Jacinda Ardern had seen the footage and had asked him to come over and do an interview with her. So there was a stark contrast between the approach of the two leaders and the fact that at this time when Waleed was giving this impassioned kind of speech about something that's happened within a community he is very much a part of, that Scott Morrison immediate reaction was how dare you defame me and that's you know that he couldn't even put that aside for a second and and so you know Hamish came back on the show and said the invitation is still open Mr Morrison you can come on the show and and say your piece and so that was the sort of next logical step was that his people came out and said okay well we'll we'll come on which I was genuinely surprised about to be honest. Rach the format of a one-on-one sit-down half hour uninterrupted live interview I assumed it had been pre-recorded. No. That was a pretty big step to take. How did Whose decision was that? Was that the project wanted that? Scott Morrison wanted that? No, I believe it's a network because obviously if you're taking ads off for half an hour, that's got to be a network decision. The way that things had panned out um, and the way that it had been covered on the project, it was such a big deal. And so if then the Prime Minister is going to turn up and sit down with the person who has sort of, he says is accused of him of something he didn't do but is also very much a part of this issue, I think that the network and the project was just like, we have to give this air because one of the difficult things about live television is you don't have much space you know you got kind of 45 seconds to really delve into a deep issue that you need to litigate further than that so you can't have the prime minister on for something like this for the usual three minute window so having him on the desk with the three the four of you would not have worked it wouldn't have been appropriate not at all and we just couldn't have done anything justice you needed to give it air and so it was it's a huge decision for a network to not play ads for half an hour that's massive Um, but I think it really needed it because when you were watching it and we were sort of in the green room watching it and he was and they were in the studio the fact that it had so much air is something you don't get to see on commercial television particularly not in that show and or I, even on the ABC when yeah. Lee Sales interviews a politician she's usually got Eight minutes, maybe. Mm. And what was the mood? What was the mood among among the other presenters and the producers and everything about him being there? Because there was a lot of, like he threatened to sue the project a few days before. Mm. It was tense and there's a lot of pressure, right? If you, if you think about being the person that has to sit across from um, the PM, you know, politicians are used to coming under fire. So are media personalities in a way, but maybe not like politicians are. But that's a lot of pressure on Waleed. There's a sense that, you know, he has to behave a certain way and really win the day to be applauded. You know, there's so much pressure on managing that conversation right. For and both of them, the stakes were very them, high. the stakes were high. So it, it was just very tense. And what was the vibe afterwards? And we'll get into sort of what was discussed. But a, a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of commentators said, well, lead one, Scott Morrison zero. Mm. Was that the sense in the room? Was there a sense that 
Waleed had done the best job he could have done. Was the project celebrating? I, I don't think it was cause for celebration. I thought Waleed did brilliantly. The thing that frustrated me more than anything is that classic Scott Morrison slash politician approach of just, if you give me an inch, I'll take a mile and I'll keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going because I'm just going to bamboozle you with words until you're too tired to fight back. And Waleed is a very considered, generous, kind person. He's a very smart person as well and he doesn't suffer fools, but at the same time he is respectful of some else's point of view and gave Scott Morrison, I think, too much space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but also that Scott just wasn't really giving him air. And Waleed isn't the type of person to jump in and say, shut up, Scott. I've got, you know, he's just not that type of person. I think they both interrupted each other a lot. Uh, what I thought was really important, and first I watched the clip, right, because there's a 30-second or two-minute clip that's been going around that's more combative where Waleed's challenging him on something and Scott Morrison's pushing back and they're kind of talking over each other. If you just watched that, you would have a very different view than if you watched the whole thing. So in the beginning of the interview, Scott Morrison really tried to mount a defence as to his relationships with the Islamic community. He talked about relationships he had with muftis and mosques that he'd been to and walking the Kokoda Trail with Labor politicians and people from from different religious communities. What do you think about that? I didn't care about any of that. I thought it was completely irrelevant. But he wasn't asking, and this is what I think Scott Morrison was getting wrong, and I can understand there was no way not to take that personally, but you're a politician, you've got to try and put that to the side. It was about whether his party was Islamophobic yeah, and whether he had allowed people to say things that were extremely racist. I don't care who you've hiked with. I don't mm. care. It was just completely irrelevant. I don't care whether Scott Morrison is a good person or not. I don't think it was about that. It was about policy. He can have hiked with as many people as he liked, but he could have mm. still stood there good in point. Parliament and said good that he's going to capitalise oh, on yeah. Islamophobia. He's also True. a politician, right? So, I'm I, look, I'm not doubting that Scott Morrison hangs with the Muslim community and, you know, does things, but there's also a sense of, well, this works for the brand, right? If I turn up at the soup kitchens and I go and put, like, he has to be a oh, part of the I community. Would, I would argue that in many aspects that would not work for the brand, And that's what he was being accused of in terms of Mm. when he said, let's exploit it because we know there's a part of our base who is Islamophobic. I agree, though, 100% that the two issues that he completely dodged, he had the chance to speak definitively and say the Liberal Party will not stand for this, I will not stand for this as its leader, and he didn't. And also the thing about preferences in terms of where someone putting one nation last. The thing that he didn't say and articulate is that that's above his pay grade. He's not allowed to make that decision. But he could have said, this is what I would do. It's not my decision, but I personally would like us to do this. And he didn't say it. Waleed gave him so many chances to say it and he didn't say it. And that is the great problem that people have with politicians, I feel. Like you can ask them their opinion and they won't give it to you because it's got to be the groupthink. It's like, I can't tell you that right now because I haven't run what I'm saying through the party and when I run it through the party, I'll come back to you and say if that's okay. And I'm sure Scott Morrison has an opinion on it. And Waleed expressly said, what is your opinion? And he's like, I'll tell you when the time is right, basically. And that's just not good enough. When you see somebody like Jacinda Ardern 
Ardern coming out and being definitive about things at a time when you people want you to be definitive. But the whole issue is that One Nation has said that Islam is a disease that needs to be vaccinated. You know, that, oh. that sort of comment and, and the idea, you know, when Scott was saying, look, you can't say that me and Peter Dutton are responsible for Christ, what happened in Christchurch. And it's like, well, that is an unnuanced uh, opinion of how people's mm. uh, ideas, the words that they use, the behaviours that they have, the actions of a party inform a populace that then leads to the kind of sentiment towards people in the in the Muslim community that does lead to this kind of stuff. Of course you didn't pull the gun out of your bag in Christchurch. Nobody's saying that. But to not even have a yeah. moment of self-reflection to say, I understand how some of these opinions yes. can lead to that kind of thing. That sort yes. of sense of admission is what we are looking for in our politicians to say there are elements of the party that, you know, and we need to step up and we need to do that. Great, you walk the Kokoda, great, all of that stuff. That's, yes, important as a part of the story, but you are the leader of the party. You have to step out at a time when people are grieving and looking for some kind of direction and say we need to work better at this. And what I felt that Morrison really didn't do and he had half an hour to do it in is reflect the mood, is reflect how people were feeling. He had so many opportunities to say, this is not about me. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to make this about me. And instead he kept making it about him. And Everything. I understand if indeed he didn't say it and he's being accused of something he didn't do, I understand his desire to set the record straight and defend his character. I do understand that. However, he should have just kept saying, this is such an unnecessary distraction. I don't want to be talking about me. I want to be talking about the people we've lost. I want to be talking about how we can make sure this never happens again. I think as well that people are becoming increasingly impatient because how is it that we saw Jacinda Ardern within an hour of a terror attack stand there and say, I'm going to change gun laws. How come she could do that? Which... I would imagine that she hadn't been able to sit down with her entire party and have a really thorough debate. She didn't hedge her bets. She said, this is what we're going to do. And then we see our Prime Minister and he can't even stand there and sort of say anything. It's like he can't, he felt trapped in, he couldn't even disavow Islamophobia more broadly. And I know that he was focused on the future and he, he kept saying that, but to have Fraser Anning's comments this week and not to be able to sit there and say they were absolutely yeah. revolting and do not reflect our government and if they do, we're going to address them. He, he didn't do that. He I, wouldn't even acknowledge it. I kept thinking of what Malcolm Turnbull would have done and how he would have got the tone right. I just think he would have. Or would Bill Shorten have got the tone right? I mean, the fact that he wasn't wearing a tie, I know this is really petty, but he wasn't wearing a tie and I just thought this is really – a sombre occasion. You should probably be wearing a black suit and a tie. Those kind of symbols matter. And I think the, the, the difference also in their demeanour. Waleed looked shattered and Scott Morrison was smirky. He yeah. was angry and he was sitting there. He was taking up a lot of space. He was He was quite aggressive. <sighs> yeah. At one point he led, like, lent over to Waleed, who was a smaller man than him. Again, I think that those optics mattered. And he, he kind of lent over and was really aggressive. And I think it's ironic that we talk about women as emotional because I watched that interview and thought Scott Morrison, to me, appeared emotional. He appeared defensive. Mm. He appeared like he felt personally attacked. And I wondered how you get to the... 
position of prime minister and you don't know the basics of debating because he was a man who couldn't construct an argument, I don't mm. think. It was he, all you, about him. He was filibustering as well. You were right, that expression of when you just talk and talk and talk and try to use up the time. Yeah, but I think it was the I think it was Australian politics on display. Like I don't think any of our politicians can debate in a reasoned intellectual manner. I think they all behave that way and they all think, well, here we go, I've got to fill up the space and I've got to talk. And, you know, the fact that Waleed at the end was sort of saying – where do you think we go to from here? An obvious sort of step out to say, you know, how do we bring the nation together? How do we move forward so that yeah. we can include the, the Muslim community? And the first words out of Scott Morrison's mouth, well, exactly what I did. I went down oh, yeah. to the mosque oh, and I judge. hugged people. And oh. it's like, mate, this is not about you, you arrogant piece of work. At one point yeah. he stopped Waleed and he said, I'm the Prime Minister. And I yeah. was like, what the hell? But it sounds was, like Donald Trump, It right? sounded like a two-year-old being like, but I'm the Prime. I was like, I, I know. But I'm the Prime Minister when it suits me and I want to say that I can make an argument. But but ask me about preferences and I'll say, well, it's out of my hands. What could I possibly do? I've, I'm responsible to yes. the party. But then at another point he's like, well, I'm the Prime Minister. I'm a big boy. I make all the decision. It's yeah. like, oh, mate, that's conv- when you, you're that when it's convenient. But then it's like we're a party of individuals. What yeah. did you think about that, about... I can't be held responsible for what George Christensen says and what Tony Abbott says and what Peter Dutton says. We came back briefly after the interview just to sort of comment on it and, and I, I just said I, th- I thought that was weak because you lead the party. So there is a sense of responsibility for you to step up to the plate and if there is behaviour underneath you or around you that is not great and that needs changing, you have to say I'm, re- I'm a representative of that party and it's not right. And they're very quick to do it with Labor. And that was the thing. It's like they will get into the nitty gritty and all about like these tiny policy decisions. But then when there's something massive and it's about morality and values, Mm. they refuse to do that. Do you know what it reminded me of also was John Howard. So it's two things. Firstly, what a leader he was in terms of after the Port Arthur massacre, changing gun laws and doing pretty much exactly what Jacinda Ardern's done and stood up and gone, right, we are changing this. And there was a lot of resistance from within his own party and he pushed that through. And for that he should be commended. However, the other thing that he did was not condemn Pauline Hanson after she gave her maiden speech where she talked about us being swamped by Asians and Asians were her target then. She's since moved to uh, the Muslim community. And by not condemning her as a leader and condemning those views and saying this is not what Australia stands for because, and it was widely commented on the t- at the time, he didn't want to alienate the part of the Liberal Party base and coalition base that agreed with her, that was allowed to fester. And all these years later, we still bloody have one nation in Parliament. And let's not forget that that's how Fraser Anning got into Parliament through the one nation ticket. But I wanted to ask, Rach, how was it afterwards and how's Waleed doing? Uh, he was, um, I don't want to say broken in a way, like just exhausted, yeah. you know. It's physically and mentally so exhausting and he just had a huge week with everything that has happened. And, you know, he he does cop a lot of crap <laughs> from the community. Can just, you imagine what he cops? Oh, Even before all of this, just as a Muslim man on a on a primetime yeah, daily show. A Muslim man who's an intellectual. 
intellectual. With opinions. <laughs> with opinions and uh, very informed opinions, you know. There's a lot of he, – he cops a lot of crap, which as somebody who knows him personally and is a f- good friend of mine, it blows my mind because he is one of the nicest people he I is. have ever worked with in my entire career. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was knackered and like really physically broken because it's a big ask and it's it's a lot. So um, it was an odd – it wasn't like a, an elated kind of sense at the end of the mm. show. It felt a little deflated in a way um, just because mm. I think everybody was sort of exhausted and, and I just felt a bit like disappointed, not at all in Waleed, in Scott Morrison. I feel as though it's going to take the, you know, maybe 24 hours for everyone to deconstruct it and reflect upon it. It took a little while for people to go, wait, what the hell was that? Yeah. It felt like Scott Morrison lost rather than Waleed won in a weird yes. way. Well, nobody won because 50 people are dead. Um and yet it was a really important conversation to have and I think that please send Walid our love. Mm. Um, he did an incredible job Amazing. and I think even just in his demeanour and his questions, he asked the questions we want to know the answers to even if we didn't necessarily get answers to them. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers and love goes to everyone who is feeling distressed and who has been affected by this terrible tragedy, our friends in New Zealand, our brothers and sisters in the Muslim community, we're thinking of you and we are you. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move. And we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription.